Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, support families, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting in the outdoors, my mission is to help you move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Join us here weekly as we talk about fitness and mindset, accountability, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. We are about to tune you into another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And the guest on this episode in particular is a dear friend of mine and somebody who I really respect and look to as a leader, somebody who provokes a lot of uh, forward motion in the hunting space and really just gets people to look at their actions, what hunting means to themselves, as well as how we are sharing the world of the outdoors, harvesting animals and pursuing wild game, and then how we put that off to other people. So uh, Robbie Kroger of Blood Origins is uh, a fantastic human being and a man that I was able to meet um, a few times now. He even came to my house last year and filmed an episode, a documentary um, episode of his show, Blood Origins, where I got to tell my story that's going to be coming out looking like this coming spring which is exciting. Uh, he spent the whole, actually he spent about a day and a half, he and his team um, just getting to know me and my boys and just understanding my life a little bit more. So it was a super fun experience. But what I really took away from it is that my actions, what I'm doing as an outdoorsman, how I'm sharing this um, in in my world with my platform, so to speak, um, really does speak to who we all are as hunters. So pretty cool episode here. I think that you are going to get a lot of insightful information and I would be um, uh, very surprised if you didn't walk away from this episode really taking a deeper look at your actions and the actions of others. Um, so I really do feel inspired by putting this out here and allowing you to absorb the information and just his, um, you know, he's super educated in the world of hunting from, you know, hunting abroad um, all across the globe and as well as here in the United States. So I think this one is pretty awesome and you're definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, before we get you right into this episode though, I want to make sure that you're aware of the super exciting new launch of our apparel company, Final Ascent Apparel. So this vision, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the origin of how this began. Um, it was a concept. I've been doing apparel just kind of one-offs and having fun and, and linking it into either the podcast or my my fitness company, company Her Inspired Fitness. And it's just been fun to kind of mess around with it. It gives me something to do. But over time, I've really just figured out I enjoy making those different designs. I enjoy seeing people wearing these and feeling good and going out and, you know, having all these fun adventures outside wearing my gear. It's super fun. But I also had a desire to do something that was bigger than just selling somebody a piece of clothing. So together with my partner, Dustin, we talked about 
what does a company need to bring? So we um, basically formulated a plan to give 5% quarterly of all proceeds back to an organization or a nonprofit where we see the needle being moved. So for this quarter, we've chose Raise Them Outdoors to be the recipient of the 5% of the proceeds. So for every purchase made on the website Final Ascent, apparel.com 5% of the proceeds are going to go straight back to raise them outdoors which is a fantastic program like I said they're really moving the needle and they're doing family camps for youth and it started out their their evolution has been pretty incredible to watch it's just a mama on a mission to help give opportunities to youngsters in the outdoors whether they're shooting hunting fishing learning how to camp just recreate um, and it's it's a beautiful program. Erin Crooks is the owner of that, and she is just absolutely phenomenal. But um, go over to finalascentapparel.com. You're going to be able to um, do some shopping over there. And of course, because you're a listener to the show, Her Inspired 15 will save you 15% on your order. So you can head over there. Uh, finalascentapparel.com and use the code herinspired15 as always to save on your cart. So without further ado, we are introducing Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins um, onto the podcast. I'm really excited, Robbie, to have you here. It's been long overdue. So welcome to the show. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I was actually telling my wife like 20 minutes ago we were finishing sushi. And um, she goes, what, what podcast are you on? And I said, I'm on a podcast called Her Inspired Journey. <laughs> she goes, Her Inspired Journey? I said, yep. And she was like, okay. And we left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, does she know that you were, she obviously knows that you were here last year and uh, you and uh, Jesse came in and, and got to do some recording uh, here. So she, she may remember that. Yeah. No, I'm no. highly doubt that she, <laughs> she doesn't remember very much about where I am and, and what I'm doing. Um, because you know she's she's got her own life and she works really hard and when I'm away it's 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 the classic scenario where um, and you've experienced this the classic scenario that you know when you're home there's not this like huge parade oh you're finally home so young it's like hey dog poo needs picking up boys need being taken to soccer it's you know life continues so. If, if I had to push her, she probably remembers me flying to Oregon, but she wouldn't remember, like, the people that we interacted with or anything like that. Gotcha. For sure. No, I think it really does. It's funny because you can go away and maybe, I don't know if you're the same way, but as soon as I get home, too, it's immediately back into the grind. And yeah, I was sure. I was even talking to Dustin about that this year, you know, like, I look back at my hunting season and getting to travel and go to Alaska and all these things. And I don't even feel like now, six months later, I've got to process any of it because you just go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. 
And typically I will reserve time in between or during to write because that's really how I remember and reflect and connect to those experiences. And I didn't do that much at all this year. So I'm kind of feeling like it was just a blur at this point. Do you ever get that way? <laughs> I guess my life is a blur, man. I wish that, I guess if there was a, if there was a weakness in who I am, <clears throat> it would be not reflecting on all the good that we've done, right? And you look at, let's just look at Blood Origins, like the amount of stuff that we've done just in the last year, right? We were with you a year ago. Like we don't get, I don't have an opportunity, the breathing room to just sit and reflect. For instance, on Wednesday this week, three days ago, Blood Origins built a soccer field in the Eastern Cape of South Africa. We built it. Wow. We filmed it. We, we saw the smiling faces. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. But it's almost like that's in the rearview mirror already, which is so sad and that that shouldn't be. That was, it's such a massive accomplishment. And it shows our heart and it shows who hunters are and what hunting is doing for people around the world. And we'll obviously storytell the heck out of it, but it's it's almost unfortunately a symptom of the society we live in and the pace that we live at, that you you can celebrate the victory, you can celebrate it. So Wednesday, I was on a high. My, even my wife, I came home, she was like, what is wrong with you today? I was like, you just can't believe what we did today. Um, but then on Thursday, it was like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like we conquered that mountain, now there's a mountain range in the, in the distance that we're going after next. And that's just my mentality. And unfortunately, it's, it's a mentality that doesn't allow me to, to stop and smell the roses, essentially. I am really looking forward to getting into Blood Origins and what that means and how that, you know, that origin came about, how it's evolved over time. But talking about what you just specifically said, like you don't always have time or often have time to stop and reflect and to absorb those things. Um, from somebody who can very much relate to you, my question, Robbie, would be, do you feel like that's ever a disservice to you getting to fully grasp, enjoy, and soak those experiences in? For me, I, I think yes, but... Again, my personality is, my personality is I'm either a thousand percent on or I'm off. And when I'm on, I'm trying to squeeze every last, you know, ounce of blood out of every minute of every day. Because I feel like if I just sat and I paused and I pondered, I guess I just haven't, I don't, because I don't do it and because at this, in this moment right now, I do not see, I have to see value in an exercise for it to, to yield the fruits of what I want to do tomorrow. And maybe, and maybe in that contemplative state of just sitting and relaxing and enjoying the moment, in my frame of mind tells me you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. It's done. You need to move on to the next thing versus using the opportunity maybe to celebrate the success, learn from the success, how do we apply it um, to the future? So 
as I said, it's one of my biggest weaknesses. It's like the, it's the thing that I can't, I can't not do. I can't. I, I struggle to shut my brain off. I struggle to, you know, not be doing something. Um, I think we, my wife and I, took a vacation. She's three years ago, four years ago, maybe. When we went down to Mexico, just all inclusive little place. <clears throat> And I think it was the first time in like six years I actually turned my phone off. Like I was going to turn my phone off for three days. And we woke up that morning and we went and sat by the pool and I got on one of those like lazy lilos or lazy mattresses that you put in the pool. And by 10.30 I was asleep in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it was like my body was just like okay, you're not doing anything, so you're just, you're just going to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's just, that's just me. It's my personality. I know I, can, I, I want to celebrate the successes more. I celebrate every blood origin story that comes out with the people that, that we get to tell the story around. And I guess the joy that I get is the people's reaction to their respective stories through them. Um, so, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to both. So being this visionary of sorts, do you feel like that has, and I'm sure it has, but how has that led your mission to share and build Blood Origins? And can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I think people, I think that if people, the people who have been following us from the beginning if they looked at us then and they look at us now, they can see the evolution. And I think even probably you in the last year can see our evolution, even in the last year, how we've changed and morphed. Um, you know, we have a vision of a very simple vision, and, and it's quite simple in that we feel like there is a niche for a voice to be heard that really all it does, that voice, all that voice does is proactively push out a, a new PR campaign around and for hunting. And that's what Blood Origins is. So when you think about that, that's a pretty broad swath of canvas in front of you that you can play with. And you can say, okay, what do we, how do we do that? How do we convey the truth better? How do we show the proof, like internally, our internal dialogue uh, to the Blood Origins team, and it's a very, very small team, <laughs> but is if I say something, like hunting is conservation, Courtney, the response is prove it, Robbie. Mm -hmm. Prove it to me. And so that's where we constantly challenge ourselves. It's like, how do we prove it better? How do we make it more digestible? How do we, you know, these talking heads that I do on a Sunday, how do we express that we're talking, remember, the Blood Origins Project is not built for hunters. And that's, uh, when you start, when you start dissecting, you know, what Blood Origins is, it, it's, it sits in by itself, I believe. It doesn't, you know, we don't, I don't think we are, I wouldn't classify ourselves in the hunting industry, in the outdoor industry. It's just almost like we are this nebulous thing because we don't speak. The project wasn't built for hunters, yet hunters look at us 
for how we interact, how we preach rhetoric, how do we interact with non-hunters and anti-hunters, looking for our expertise. We built Blood Origins for the non-hunting audience so that people could understand hunting from their lens. It's not, wasn't built for branding of the outdoor industry, it wasn't built for marketing of the outdoor industry. And very importantly, it wasn't built around self. So Blood Origins is not Robbie Kroger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, one of the the, com- the biggest compliments I ever got paid, and it happened two or three times, but I got on a podcast uh, maybe a couple of months ago, and the guy in, in the intro, like we were introing, um, said, I'm, I'm super embarrassed to ask this, but I don't know your name. And I said, that's probably the biggest compliment you could have paid me or played, paid Blood Origins. Because this project's not about Robbie Kroger. This project's about you, Courtney, us, our community, our lifestyle, for my kids and your grandkids to be able to participate in this thing one day. And so to be able to do that, we have to, in the next five to 10 years, I believe, we have to be able to change the perception of who a hunter is and what hunting and what hunting is. And that's the be all and end all of the mission and the vision of Blood Origins. And so a long answer to a very short question, but it's really a blank canvas in front of us. And we think it's a blank canvas because we don't think people have been thinking like this, like the way that we think, because they, Because one, they've been thinking for themselves, right? It's all, most of the projects or the, the platforms out there are about self. And number two, it's all been about finding how do I how do I figure out a way to to get funded by a gun company or a bullet company or a bow company? Well, we're not interested in that mm-hmm. because we don't we we have to be Switzerland. We have to belong yes. to everyone. Mm-hmm. So that gives us the freedom of that blank that blank canvas to be able to to, you know, essentially fulfill the mission and the vision. Was there a pivotal moment for you where you had a conversation with a non-hunter or an anti-hunter or something that ignited this to actually become what it is now, uh, being Blood Origins, or was it just an evolution that you always kind of saw coming, or did it stem from one experience? Yeah, well, I, I would not be able to pinpoint. I would not be able to put my finger on one thing. Um, it, it, it's really a stacking of bricks, right? We've just constantly been stacking bricks. And whether it's stacking bricks up the mountain, stacking bricks on a highway moving forward, it's just this, it, it's the it's this, the accumulation of this the, the whole that I feel like, like I still don't feel like yeah, we're, we're still a very, very small voice. <laughs> I'll say this. I did call, I did call Will Primus this morning, which is, again, don't get me wrong. I feel like that's the biggest privilege in the world that I've got Will Primus' cell phone and he'll pick up the phone when I call him, right? Um, when I called him this morning, I said, Will, we've made it. <laughs> <laughs> we've made it in Blood Origins. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, for a tiny little voice that started four years ago, we just got named in a British tabloid smear 
on a on for uh, an article against trophy hunting, mm-hmm. and we got named in that article. So our voice reached the ears of an investigative reporter in the UK, and his pen wrote our name or he typed our name into a British tabloid piece that went out this week. Was that the blood money article? That's right. That's right. And what's funny about that is that the article really was about them picking up two trophy hunters in the UK and lambasting them. And there's this guy in the UK called Eduardo Gonzalez, and he's just connected. He's a very he's a very connected individual. He's written this book. He's been the guy behind a, a Facebook campaign called Campaign to Ban Trophy Hunting. Um, a real radical individual with radical followers. Um, and anyway, he, uh, there was, there was an Instagram or Facebook platform called Let Africa Live that was doing maybe a little bit more guerrilla tactics, um, in terms of their social media engagement. And they got infiltrated essentially the anti-hunters or the campaign for the banning of trophy hunting figured them out and they got essentially banned, I guess, on Facebook and Twitter. And that was what the article was about. But they happened to bring us into the mix because we interviewed probably a dozen African individuals, delegates, at the SCI conference this week, this year, in which we just simply asked them, you know, what does hunting mean to you? What does hunting mean to your community? And you know, everybody who knows Blood Origins knows that we don't guide anyone. We just, we get people's hearts. That's what we do, that's what we're good at. And so the little piece was, they couldn't say anything bad about us, except that they, they pulled one piece out where this individual from Botswana got really riled up when I asked him the question, what do you, how does it make you feel when you hear about a government agency like DEFRA in the UK proposing to ban hunting? And he went on this real big rant and he got real angry. And my response to his rant was, it makes you angry, huh? And if you read that little piece, they mm-hmm. said, yeah, I mean, the, the questioner was uh, leading them on by asking them questions like, makes you angry, huh? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and you, you were essentially put on the chopping block for leading these, you know, essentially saying that you were leading people into having these specific answers or feelings behind it when, in fact, you weren't, you were capturing their true and authentic feelings behind it. Yeah, exactly. We were, I think, in, I think the online article called us a propaganda movement. Mm-hmm. And I think the written article called us a, um, a lobbying group. <laughs> So, I mean, this isn't a surprise to you, I would imagine, that, you know, you called uh, Will Primos and said, hey, we've made it. So this, you know, at this point, once you ruffle enough feathers, so to speak, or hit enough uh, ears, that somebody is going to have some negative backlash to you. So I can't imagine it's a surprise, but what are your thoughts behind this? And what does this change how you want to pursue Blood Origins or the stories that you're telling? 
Um, I don't think it's going to change what we do. Um, we're going to be, um, we're going to keep telling the truth. And I think that's all we need to keep doing is being authentic and genuine and telling the truth because it's very difficult to, and I think that's the result of what we got out of that article. They, they gave us a paragraph mention, mm-hmm. but that's really all they could give, give us because there was nothing else to pick at. Like, what are they going to pick at, Courtney? They're going to pick at the truth of people's stories. Like, you know, I, for instance, I'll give you an idea. We, the last Blood Origins episode we dropped was a guy called Lyle Moen. <clears throat> Lyle's in Vancouver Island. And he became a hunter because of his experience in the cattle industry. It was a, it was a very off-putting experience to him, but it was his experience that led to his story that led to why he hunts. You know, and he hunts for sustenance. Well, people took offense to that because it was a broad, it was a misrepresentation of the cattle industry. And when I, when I, I not confronted the individual, I, I asked the individual, you know, why are you, why are you so upset? He goes, oh, because you're making a generalization. And I said, but how can I make a generalization if it's just one person's story? one person's truth, like that's what happened. I'm not gonna, sh- we're, not, we're not gonna change what happened, that's what happened. Um, so I think we just gotta be, we gotta steadfast to being genuine and being, and telling the truth. And I'll tell you the biggest thing we have to do, Courtney, which is going to probably ruffle some feathers on the inside of hunting, and that's, and we, I think we've already done that is we need to speak the truth when we see something wrong with hunting. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we don't have to point the finger. We don't have to be, you know, like, you know, pull them in front of a court and whatnot. We, you know, you can do it very subtly. You can do it with respect and you can do it with grace. But, you know, that was the whole reason why we put that talking head out about respect. It's like, if, if we're not watching what we're posting Mm -hmm. if we're not thinking having the mindset and i think that's the biggest thing if we can just get hunters to think more about okay just in the mind frame of if i post this will this help or will this hurt hunting I really loved that, um, and I think it was, was it one or two weeks ago that you had put that out there? It was that video talking about what you just said, um, making sure that posts and social media content is a good representation uh, of what hunting is. And obviously that is, to a lot of people, relative to to who they are and how they grew up and what they think is respectful or not respectful and that unfortunately in my opinion is a very vast uh there's a very vast difference in what i would consider appropriate and what other people would or what you would or vice versa um but i see this quite often and unfortunately i feel like no matter what industry you're in if you're trying to make Uh, waves or be noticed in the social media space people tend to go shock and awe to try to capture that and I see that and I feel that too in the way that 
hunting or animal or kills or trophies. I mean, the, the list goes on, but I do see that a lot. And I really appreciated your call out to us fellow hunters to just say, hey, like, how about a look in the mirror or self check before you decide to post X, Y, and Z? Is it what you want to speak about hunting? Um, I really do appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we can all be a little bit more accountable and just understanding that this could be somebody's first impression of a harvest or, mm-hmm. you know, something. Maybe they're an anti-hunter. Or maybe they're just not, they're not anything. They're just a non-hunter and they come across that. Like, would that speak a message that's going to help us nurture the, you know, generations to come for hunting to be something that we're able to enjoy with our families? Yeah, I think we're battling, yes, absolutely, because I put the message out. But in in hindsight, I think there's two things that we're battling. Number one is the simple dopamine hit of people liking a post and commenting on a post, because because that's why people do it, right? They'll put a post out that is a little uh, out of the box or risque or... uh, you know, inappropriate because they know that they're going to get the reactions they want, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of our society today. Um, there, it's going to be, and 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 honestly, these guys, you know, nobody's going to. It's going to be very difficult for the run of the mill. I would just call it run of the mill hunter to be thinking about. You know, anything, anything but if he lost hunting or she lost hunting tomorrow, it's just, it's, it's so far removed from their daily lives. It's not going to impact us. That's never going to happen. You know, I've, I've, I've heard it left, right and center. Um, you know, we can do what the, the classic response is. I'll do what I please. I'll do what I want. Yeah. Um, and it's that mentality and look again this is where I think this is why Blood Origins sits where it is sits because you have to look at all sides of the spectrum because I get it right I was there in one part of my life you were probably there too where you just didn't give a damn you know I'm going to do what I do so it's like I, I get it but at the same time, I see what we could lose. And, and, and I'm lucky that I've got a perspective of, I come from a country that that stuff, the things that we take for granted here in America, I didn't have. And if my boys were being raised there right now, they wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why we take things so seriously. That's why I take things so seriously. And, uh, but it's it, there's certainly... I'll finish by saying this. There's always two sides to the story and you've just got to be, you've got to recognize both and address both and be willing to dialogue about both, I think, to be able to to move the ball forward. I think sometimes, and I and I feel like my listeners are intuitive human beings and, and they get it. I'm assuming that many of the people tuning into this podcast totally, uh, you know, can see where we're coming from, probably follow you and have heard 
you know, some of the interviews and some of the stories you've got to tell. But for somebody who might be tuning in or not quite understanding, Robbie, can you talk about the different ways or how you see our opportunities and our experiences and our lives as hunters being changed? Like what is happening now? How is that going to change if we don't protect it and find a way to tell a different story behind what hunting is? Yeah, you may not, you, you may not be, you may think that nothing is happening to hunting, that things are as they, as they, as they've always been. And that may be true, but I, what's happening to hunting is the classic death by a thousand cuts. And what I mean by that is that everyone's heard of the old adage, <clears throat> Well, they came for, you know, put any list of objects. You know, they came for long-range hunters. Uh, I was a long-range hunter, so I didn't say anything. They came for X, they came for Y, and finally they come for you and there's nobody else left standing next to you because it's all gone. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening with hunting is that, for instance, uh, California, and, and California is just a beautiful content mecca for me right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nonsense that's coming out of California but for instance California had a bill and they slipped under a COVID uh, masked uh, effort that was to ban the import of a select number there was 15 animals on it some were on both CITES Appendix 1 and Appendix 2 which is managed by the federal government number one and is managed by CITES number two so the state of California doesn't need to level any more regulations on that already but they had a bunch of animals on there and including animals like a zebra that is not even on you know any type CITES list federal permit list ESA list and they were going to require they were going to ban the import of taxidermy tied to those animals mm -hmm. and it seems like you know Joe Blow that's listening to this podcast was like okay no big deal. I'm never going to hunt Africa. Okay. You may not. But you know what's going to happen next year? Next year they're going to say, well, we're going to ban the import of any predator that is hunted in the U.S. coming into California. Now that may be a little closer to you as a hunter. The next thing they say is we're going to ban any trophy taxidermy coming into the state of California. Well, now you're going to get your, you know, arms up and riled up, but it's too late. Too little, too late. Because the precedence has been set mm -hmm. that all these other things were accepted, so why not this last thing that's going to be accepted? And that's happening everywhere. It's not just, it's not just a, a facet of that's happening in the States by state. You know, it's happening everywhere in the States, California, New Jersey, Color, New Jersey Colorado, that just put wolves Mm -hmm. We set just the most massive precedence, and we're going to see we're going to see complications from it. We're going to see ramifications from it. That a wildlife management decision was left up to the public ballot, and that was the introduction of wolves back into Colorado. Mm -hmm. It was taken out of the hands of scientists. It's happening in the UK. It's happening in Spain. Spain just banned hunting on national parks. It's happening in Victoria, a state in Australia, 
where the new Animal, Animal Welfare Act that the public comment period ends in three days is changing the, the, the terminology around animals in the Animal Welfare Act to being sentient beings. Mm. Um, it's happening in New Zealand uh, due to you know, culling of invasive species that are actually game species that bring in hundreds of millions of dollars into the state, into the New Zealand economy. So what I would say to those that are just hearing about blood origins and hearing me for the first time is you've got to pay attention and what we are trying to do at Blood Origins is be able to give you the seeds. Well, one, make you aware of something happening and obviously we can't do it all. But the big things that are coming down the pipeline, we, we, we make people aware of it and then we plant seeds of information from what we push out so that people can have intelligent conversations about it and can talk to their politicians and can talk to the legislators about, you know, what is good and what is bad. And we're not, we are, we are nowhere near a political organization. The, the best, I would say, I would call our sister in this fight is the Sportsman's Alliance. And I believe they're in Oregon or Washington State, one of the two. Um, but those guys are the ones on the front lines. Those are the guys fighting. Like, they are fighting trapping laws, they're fighting all sorts of things. But I will say this, because I've been pretty doom and gloomy, haven't I? <laughs> There's wins. Utah. Utah just made hunting and fishing a constitutional right in this last voting cycle. Awesome. Missouri. Missouri just had the Missouri Commission on Wildlife just voted to have a bear season for the first time in 2021. Wow. So there's things happening, you know. Um, it's just, and, 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 you know, you challenged me in the beginning to sit and reflect. I've had a couple of times thinking about, man, we should, I should also make sure that the victories are spread just as much as the, you know, hey, here's potential issue coming down the pipeline. Definitely. And I think that that gives people, too, a sense of hope that standing up, having a voice, you know, challenging those votes and challenging those measures, it almost solidifies to them that effort matters. Because I truly believe that you know, we don't know what we don't know. And like you said a little bit ago, talking about California, well, you might not go hunt Africa or you might not be a predator hunter. But once those things get a little closer to home, then your attention, you know, it, it, it comes to front and center. You can't avoid it at that point. Now it's a, a direct tie to your emotion to that thing because it's connected to you. But for people who you know, and everybody hunts for a different reason. We've got sustenance hunters. We've got, you know, true trophy hunters. We've got moms and dads going out just for the experience. We've got, you know, people doing it for all different reasons. Somebody going for a slam, right? So I don't understand those other areas. It doesn't make them wrong, right? So I think sometimes if we don't understand, you know, how those you know, how guides can come into play and how, you know, stimulating the economy through having, you know, that that resource for New Zealand and all those different places. Like, if you can't connect to it directly, if you don't understand that, 
maybe just educate yourself more instead of having a stance against it or putting your head in the sand. No, you're, you're absolutely right. No matter what kind of adventure you're on, water is always a key element, from the backcountry to car camping to an epic road trip. Making sure that you have clean water is always a must. Sawyer Products makes awesome filters for every application. The Sawyer Tap Filter, which is recently introduced, removes biological contaminants, guaranteeing immediate clean drinking water when you need it the most. Head over to Sawyer.com to see what they have for water filtration for your next adventure. So recently on a podcast, I listened to um, you were interviewing um, a gal and I don't remember her name, unfortunately, but she owned a a farm. She was a non-hunter. Her husband had grown up being a hunter and it was a great episode. I love that you're putting them out. They're, they're super short. They're very absorbable and they're very real content as you always do. But the thing you said in the very end of that podcast uh, was really thought provoking. And for everybody, this is going to be different, of course. But you said, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Mm-hmm. If you were to sum that up in a sentence or two, what would that mean to you? Jeez, man, you don't even prep me with these questions. (laughs) Before I say that, before I say that, I will say thank you. Um, We have, again, as you, we did launch the podcast this week, and we, as you would expect, wanted to be non traditional. We Mm -hmm. want to be, and the podcast is going to resemble our Instagram feed, so it's going to be all over the show, right? It's going to be. Behind the scenes, it's going to be non-hunters. It's going to be hard conversation, hard-hitting conversations. It's going to be past episodes like yours. When we cut your your idiot, it's going to your video is going to be six minutes or eight minutes, but we talk for thirty-five minutes, and mm-hmm. people are going to be like, "I want to hear all of what Courtney has to say." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, do what's right to tell the truth about hunting, and to me, that is that is. Hunters, that is to me saying hunters, every time they undertake an action, they have to view that action through the lens of what a non-hunter would see it as. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the only way, that is the only way that hunting will be around in 50 years. So important. Yeah. To post, to speak, to share in a way that if somebody had no experience or had a negative experience of hunting, you would provoke them to have a different thought or to ask a question. Right. Because I don't think the key to, you know, and social media can be a beautiful thing in many ways. And it can also open the door for, um, you know, hate and mindless conversations. Sometimes that just make no sense whatsoever. But 
I do value the times where I'll have an anti-hunter or a non-hunter come across my page with a question. Sometimes it's sparked as anger and sometimes it's a threat, but there have been many times that you can have somewhat of a conversation with somebody where at the end of it, they go, I had no idea, you know? Um, and that's true for the things that we have opinions on that we don't know everything about, right? Sometimes you just don't have the facts and you can't make a decision based on what you don't know. So, you know, I, I love just to echo what you said and to push out a message or a picture or a post or whatever based on will this help or hurt hunting? I'll add one more thing in that I'm not saying I'm not saying to hunters stop what you're doing. I'm telling I'm telling hunters that are doing stupid shit stop what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. But I'm not telling normal hunters to stop what they're doing. What I'm suggesting I'm asking two things. Number one would be look at what you're posting. Is there any way to add more context to what you just created? And you're doing it because you never know who's watching. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. And that's the biggest lesson I've learned in the last four years is you do not know who's watching. Number two would be, can you, can you add a little bit more of the proof and the truth about what hunting is that you're actually stumbling through around in participating in every single time you go hunting. But because it's run-of-the-mill stuff, you don't choose to post about it. Elaborate on that, would you? Yeah, like if you're working, walking on a national park or a wildlife management area or a piece of BLM, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you... It doesn't have to be a feed post. It could be an Insta story or whatnot. So you're like, hey, I just want to recognize that I'm walking on a piece of public ground that is funded by hunters. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with hunting. You just happen, you are hunting, but you're acknowledging a truth and the proof of what hunting is doing. Um, if you happen to know that a, you know, a, a homeless shelter or, or food kitchen accepts venison, wouldn't it be cool? I, I don't think I've ever seen, period, in America, anybody posting about food going to a food kitchen mm -hmm. or donating food to the homeless they've got you know hunter helping the hunters helping the homeless programs all over the country you know just balance out the posts is what i'm saying balance out the post that shows what you know what hunting does for the community or my, your mental health or you know for you the, the physical aspect of things and it's just you know there's Again, we get portrayed, the perception around what hunters are is that we're just a bunch of killers. Mm -hmm. And the reason that perception is out there, and it's very, very valid, is because that's all the non-hunting public sees. All the non-hunting public sees is pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of 99% dead things. Yeah. Wherein 1% of what we do in hunting is dead things. 99% <laughs> is a bunch of other stuff, but it's just not 
it's not material that is quote unquote like worthy enough. Yes. I to agree. make it onto your social media platforms. I agree with you a hundred percent. But as the devil's advocate, I also have to suggest that people are going to absorb the things that piss them off, right? If they see an Instagram feed and they've got, you know, good things about what hunting does and public lands and giving back, they see those things, they're not going to absorb those like they're going to absorb a grip and grin picture. So how do we... How do we do that effectively, I guess, would be my question, because there might be those things out there. And of course, they're not nearly as much as dead things, like you've mentioned. But I do see some of those things out there, but they don't seem to make a difference to the anti-hunting or the non-hunting community. Well, I think it's the respect thing, right? So we've all talked about the cleaning up of the pictures of the animals, tucking of the tongue, removing of the blood. Mm -hmm. Um, It just makes it look less brutal. It's getting rid of, so getting rid of like, you know, people biting duck bills and shoving duck bills into the top of shotguns and whatnot. But when I look at this, I envision a table and this table has a bunch of Polaroids on it, right? And an anti-hunter comes up to the table and there's a hundred Polaroids on the table. Ninety-five of them are pictures of dead animals. Mm -hmm. It's an easy rhetoric to jump on. Mm -hmm. But if 60 of them were dead animals, 40 of them were not something else tied to hunting, you're almost diluting down what they're attacking. Yeah. And to me, and, and then you add the layer of a little bit more respect for the pictures, mm-hmm. a little bit more reverence of the pictures. Oh, you added a whole, you know, piece of context or the comment post was, was all about where the food went or that animal, you know, the food of that, you know, the meat of that animal, where it went and who it fed mm-hmm. versus, you know, how long a shot it was and, that it, yeah. you know, it ran 500 yards up, you, you know, again, it's just little things I think that would, would really just, <laughs> I don't know if you want to say it this way, but, you know, make them work a little harder to find the dirt on us. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think there's so many of us that can do a better job of telling the story behind hunting, uh, by bypassing some of the just highlights. You know, I I appreciate when people post the work behind it, not necessarily the, you know, I I enjoy when somebody can be very real about missed opportunities or whatnot. But I think from the other perspective, it's nice just to see the experience of a hunter. Um, And that to me is not dead things. That's so many things outside of that that could potentially lead to that moment, but not always. So it is nice when mm-hmm. those things are shared and, and people can see that real experience because I do think if somebody looks at a, a blog or a social media uh, account or something and all they see is is killing, that's it's easy to associate that by the example that's been given. So I, I like your challenge to just tell more of the story behind that. And of course, I knew I would. 
<laughs> you always have insightful things and I appreciate it so much. Well, well Robbie, you. I could um, talk to you forever and ever and just catch up. It's been so nice. You were like a brother to me from the moment we hung out for that first time and just got to catch up and spend time with the boys and talk around the campfire. But um, I want other people to get to know you as well. So where can they, if they're not now following along with the Blood Origins story, find you? You know, a simple type Blood Origins into anything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google, YouTube, and now all of your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll find us. And um, yeah, engage with us share our content and um, I'd be remiss my business development guy would absolutely kick me in the butt if I didn't say this that we're a non-profit and we now are raising money to be able to do the work that we want to do that we do for you and we just want to keep doing that work and we want to amplify our voice but to be able to do that we need resources and so the 2021 uh, mission for us is to get a grassroots movement of supporters and what that means is that we're looking for people that are willing to give two dollars a month a cup of coffee a month actually less than a cup of coffee <laughs> i was gonna say where are you buying your coffee at <laughs> a cup of coffee a month less than a cup of coffee a month to get behind us if we can get a hundred people at two dollars a month, we can get a thousand people at two dollars a month. We can we can absolutely change the world, no doubt about it. But and it's just that's nothing. Two dollars is nothing. You won't you won't even miss it. I so appreciate geez. what you guys are doing so much, Robbie. I really do. And um, though sometimes we don't see the effects of the good work being done immediately, it is definitely um, being fruitful. And uh, you're a giving soul. And I just love that uh, you're, you're so diverse in the stories that you're telling. It's not the same thing over and over, which in this industry and in the space can be uh, very redundant. So thank you for who you are and for telling the stories that you do. I can't wait to have you back on the show soon. You are also important. Thanks. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.